sometimes they win. Even the devil was an angel once. The world has its own rules, and these rules are not human. Some of us seek answers to the origin and existence of cryptids and the unexplained. Join us as we venture beyond the known and accepted boundaries. Welcome to our nightmare. I think you're going to like it. First, good evening, and welcome to Phantoms and Monsters Radio, where we explore and discuss the unknown and the unexplained. I'm your host, Lon Strickler. Thanks for joining me. Uh, the Phantoms and Monsters Radio channel is made possible by you liking this, uh, and, and you know, and clicking the subscribe button, and by you also sharing our programming. Um, super chat donations are essential to us to continue offering you our unique content. So your consideration is very much needed and appreciated. Now, tonight we will be giving away uh, two of my new books, The Mean Humanoids, in the chat room this evening. So uh, be nice to Vincent. He'll give you a book. (laughs) So we'll see how that goes. So tonight I have three guests with us for this humanoid roundtable discussion. First of all, uh, Preston Dennett began investigating UFOs and the paranormal in 1986 when he discovered that his family, friends, and co-workers were having dramatic, unexplained encounters. Since then, he has interviewed hundreds of witnesses and investigated a wide variety of paranormal phenomena. He is a field investigator for a mutual UFO network, MUFON, and a ghost hunter, a paranormal researcher, and the author of 28, and I think now 29 books, and more than 100 articles on UFOs and the paranormal. Several of his books have been on Amazon's UFO bestsellers. At Preston's articles have appeared in numerous magazines, including Fate, Atlantis Rising, MUFON UFO Journal, Nexus, Paranormal Magazine, UFO Magazine, Phenomena Magazine, Mystery, Mysteries Magazine, Ufologist, and others. He has appeared on numerous radio and television programs, including Midnight in the Desert with Art Bell, Coast to Coast AM, and also the History Channel's Deep Sea UFOs and UFO Hunters. His research has been presented in the L.A. Times, the L.A. Daily News, the Dallas Morning News, and other newspapers. Preston has taught classes on various paranormal subjects and lectures across the United States. He currently resides in Southern California. His website can be found at prestondennett.weebly.com. We're also joined by Eric Altman. He was a cryptozoologist specializing in researching the Bigfoot Sasquatch phenomena with a combined 40 years of study and field research. He is a well-respected field investigator, contributing author and founder and director of the Pennsylvania Cryptozoology Society and an executive director of the Pennsylvania Bigfoot Society. Eric is also the host and co-founder of Beyond the Eggs Radio, a live weekly radio program covering a variety of paranormal and fringe topics from 1997 to 2019. 
Uh, Eric has been actively investigating cases, sodding claims, and conducting field work dating back to 1997. He has investigated and assisted in investigating over 250 cases of Bigfoot sightings, encounters, and claims in Pennsylvania and the surrounding states. Eric is much sought after public speaker on topics of Bigfoot and other cryptids for over 21 years. He has lectured and presented across the country dating back to 2000. Eric has also been featured in multiple documentaries, films, and television programs about Bigfoot. His personal website can be found at ericaltman.net. Now, Anna Maria Manalo is an author in the genre of fiction and nonfiction, supernatural, and historical suspense. As an amateur travel photographer, she has traveled extensively to over 27 countries as a compiled accounts of terrifying, uncanny experiences in both her native country, the Philippines, and abroad. Now, Anna starred as Eliza Simon in the episode two of the pilot UFOs over Earth while she was a field investigator for MUFON. Her personal experiences with the bizarre has led to her lifetime quest investigating sightings and the paranormal events through eyewitness reports. As a screenwriter of science fiction and supernatural, Anna has over 11 screenplays which have, have placed the prestigious competition in the United States, pitching screenplays to a number of major production companies. Anna has been interviewed on several podcasts and live presentation, has written three books and can be, that can be purchased at Amazon and her website at storyartisan.wordpress.com. And Anna is also a trained therapist and former school counselor. So, folks, thanks for joining me this evening. Can everybody hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now, we have gathered here <laughs> to talk about humanoids. Now, when we say humanoids, uh, we throw out a wide net. Uh, you know, human-like beings that walk upright, crawl, even fly. Uh, so what are they? Are, are they indigenous flesh and blood entities? Or is there, for the most part, a supernatural aspect to these beings? So uh, I'm going to first start out with Preston. Um, Preston, thanks for joining me this evening. Uh, what's, your, what's your thoughts on humanoids? Um, yeah, well, I came into this from a UFO angle, uh, but definitely started branching out into cryptozoology when I started getting UFO Bigfoot reports. Mm -hmm. And uh, one thing that immediately struck me when I started interviewing people and looking into this phenomena of extraterrestrials is that almost universally people report humanoids. And by that, I mean, you know, we're not getting the blob <laughs> or some octopus-like creature, uh, which is kind of what I thought as a skeptic. I came into this field as a skeptic that ETs would look something completely different from us. Yeah. And that's just not what we're seeing. This is not what people are reporting. This is not what the evidence is showing us. Almost universally, people report humanoids. You know, a head, usually two eyes, uh, arms, legs, a torso, your basic humanoid shape. And uh, that struck me real hard because it just that seems so unlikely to me. Uh, and then, of course, you can start breaking that down to the various humanoid types. And I can say in my own files, I mostly get what we would term grays. Mm -hmm. I would say probably 50% or even upwards to 60 or 70 would be some variation of the short, bald-headed, 
large, dark-eyed, pale-skinned humanoids. Mm -hmm. But it's not just greys. Uh, there are, of course, praying mantis. Um, those are quite common, which, again, is really curious to me because, I mean, out of all the animals or insects, even on our planet, praying mantis, really? Uh, but they're described as humanoid as well, usually you know, six, seven, eight feet tall. I have a few outline cases up to 15 feet tall. Mm. And beyond that, I, I will get straight up human looking ETs, ones that look very much like us. Uh, pretty much uh, no different, except perhaps slightly stronger, uh, often described as being very much like twins or brothers. Uh, but there are, of course, many varieties of humanoids. <laughs> the tall, yeah. tall whites, uh, little blue beings, strange i get many reports of absolutely unique strange humanoids like an, a nine foot tall humanoid with a giant chin huge forehead and straw-like hair or another 10 foot humanoid with enormous eyes with gold irises and wearing a black jumpsuit and really wrinkly skin <laughs> just unique i guess so yeah i think there is sort of a template throughout the universe and this is what we see with, you know, not only ET humanoids, but, you know, Sasquatch and Dogmen. And, mm. oh, you know, I've talked to people who've seen cat-like aliens, complete with fur and ears, dog-like aliens. So, yeah, the humanoid form seems to be the template. And that would be the first sort of like, hmm, all right, this is what we're dealing with. Yep. And I agree with you. I agree with you. Uh, Anna, what are your thoughts on this? Well, you know, Lon, I originally was with MUFON. So when I think about humanoids, I think about the encounters uh, that people have witnessed and shared with me. Uh, and Preston talked about the praying mantis. I had a couple of cases that dealt with praying mantises. I think it's a very liberal term when people say humanoid. Basically, they're talking about something that walks upright, has two eyes and possibly ears. Um but it goes on from there. And, and, and my personal belief is that some of them are multidimensional because they don't really leave any kind of trace. Uh, they don't necessarily have a body like you and I do. They, they could be something that's etheric in nature. Um, you know, how, how they just appear and disappear in certain places uh, is just really baffling to me. Uh, mm -hmm. And then you have the humanoid, uh, you know, that looks like a rake. Uh, that I had a couple of uh, witness accounts uh, three years ago and one most recently a couple of months ago. Uh, and this is something that walks upright. Uh, it's about three to four feet tall and has the huge eyes, the bald head, but the knees are on backwards. So we go from the praying mantis to the being that seems to be very tall to one that's probably about three feet. So it, there's a great variation, at least, you know, from what all the stuff that I've heard so far. So Eric, you know, you're the Bigfoot guy here and, um, and you involve in cryptids. And quite frankly, most of these are humanoid like beings. What are your thoughts? Well, yeah, they, they, most of them aren't desc are described as tall and hair covered. I mean, Preston and Anna both talked about different species that the people are seeing different races different types of hominid looking creatures, but 
the two cryptids that I'm familiar with that might fall into that category would be, of course, Bigfoot and the Dogman. Both are upright walking hominid, if you want to call them, looking creatures. But both are hair covered and both have generally the same description. You know, tall, upright, long legs, long arms. Although the Dogman differs from Bigfoot where it has a snout and a tail. And of course... Bigfoot, as we know, as it ranges anywhere from five foot to, as I've gotten reports, as 12 foot high. Um, so that's what I'm most familiar with. But working with Stan Gordon all these many, many years, he's re referred and relayed reports to me about other types of hominids, uh, especially here in Pennsylvania. The rake is something commonly reported. Um, we've had some cases of, of very unusual looking hominids that we might even call like the Glimmer Man or the Shimmer Man. Mm -hmm very predator-like um, cloaking ability where people just see that shimmer and it looks like a, an upright walking human or, or hominid or human, humanoid, whatever you want to call it. But we've gotten reports like that as well as Stan has, and he shared them with me. And yeah, there's some strange things that happen here in Pennsylvania that uh, fall into that category. Well, you know, it's almost like every day I get something that has some type of humanoid involved with it. It's, it's bizarre. And it has, it has increased every day. I mean, it, you know, for like the past decade, it's been, I'd say 50% humanoids. If not, you know, something involved with something that's kind of like a human like being, uh, you know, Preston brought up a good point about the, being a template uh, with, uh, with alien beings and other, maybe ultra-terrestrials, extraterrestrials. Uh, it does seem that maybe the human species may actually be a universal species. In other words, what we see, and, and this is my thoughts, uh, what we see are possibly evolved humans and uh, that are either coming back or part of coming through some type of uh, wormhole or some type of portal. But I, I believe, I, I believe after all these years, I've been doing these investigations that the human, the human species seems to have evolved into these other types of beings. Now, it could be the other way around. It could be, you know, we've evolved from these, beings, these beings, but I don't think that's the case. So uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's food for thought. I, I think you're, um, on the right lines there. And I think probably the variation we see among the ETs is due to evolution. Mm -hmm. And that we probably have, I suspect that greys have genetics like we do. Uh, and, you know, by that I mean DNA and so forth. And I liked what uh, Anna said, because uh, uh, the whole interdimensional aspect is very interesting to me. Because, you know, I'd say that by and large, most researchers and experiencers alike feel like this is probably extraterrestrial in the classic sense. By that, I mean biological beings like us from other planets. But then again, there's several cases, like Anna says, where these things <laughs> behave in ways that are interdimensional. Mm -hmm. And I think this is kind of gives rise to the second most popular theory that we're dealing with an intelligence that can put on different masks so to speak which i don't really fully subscribe to i think we're probably dealing with different entities and some are interdimensional because if you look into the fairy lore of you know ireland it's pretty compelling that people were seeing something 
Mm -hmm. There's a wide variety of these types of creatures. And, you know, Eric was talking about Sasquatch and Bigfoot. Well, some people are seeing, you know, what look more like Neanderthals or, you know, ancient man. They're not covered in hair. These are just primitive human looking beings. And the variety amongst the Sasquatch beings is amazing. I mean, look at the variety we have on our own planet. Mm -hmm. the, difference, the difference between us four is just a small example of how different humans can look. And that's exactly what we see among greys. Huge variety among greys, huge variety among praying mantids. Huge... So I think we're probably dealing with not only extraterrestrials, but a wide, wide variety. And a lot of it is being put under one umbrella. And I'm not so sure that's wise. Still need a lot more research here, but it's clear to me we're dealing with many different things here. Anyone want to add to that? Well, I think Preston has a very good point there because it, one of the things I've observed is that some leave trace evidence, some don't. Uh, and, and I'm beginning to wonder whether we're looking at things that have lived on this planet for a very long time, way before us that are materializing and we're just not able to comprehend them or classify them. And then we have ones that are coming from outside the planet, outside the solar system. And then ones that are coming from a totally different dimension. So you got a mishmash of so many different kinds of entities. And in our three-dimensional world, world, we try and classify them. And, and they're not that easy to classify. We're, we're limited in our ability to peg them because there are some forms of existence we just can't comprehend at the level that we're in. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're almost like animals in comparison to them. You know, if some of them have the capability to heal, some of them have the capability to bilocate. I mean, there's so many things they're capable of doing that we're not. Eric, um, let me ask you this. Um, you and I have known each other a good while now. And uh, what are your thoughts on the Bigfoot phenomena as far as are, are they flesh and blood or maybe flesh and blood and able to move in and out of other dimensions? Uh, you know, has, has Have your theories changed on that over the years? It's hard to answer that question because I think we're not dealing with just one species. And Preston summarized it pretty well. People are seeing a variety of different types of hair-covered entities or beings, whether they're your typical Bigfoot that leaves footprints, that breaks branches, that people can uh, audibly record, and, and there's physical evidence left behind. Then there's others people are seeing that um, are there and then gone, uh, in a, either a flash of light or dematerialize or, or materialize in front of the eyewitness. Then there's other reports of, as Preston mentioned, the Neanderthal type of creatures that are people are seeing that don't necessarily look like a Bigfoot, but look more like a archaic humid or, or hominid. Um, so it's hard to say what exactly we're dealing with. Um, the majority of, of the Bigfoot reports that I receive are seem to be of a flesh and blood type nature, uh, an animal that's uh, terrestrial to this planet. And uh, they leave footprints. They leave sometimes leave scat. People find tufts of hair here and there. Um, and they physically see an animal that walks away and disappears into the darkness of the forest. And again, there are others that I get from time to time, and I know other researchers, I've worked with others very 
closely over the years that have received those reports that that seem to have a fringe element to them, where whether it's interdimensional or uh, possibly UFO related. There's been several cases here in Pennsylvania in the 1970s that have been reported to Stan Gordon that have that UFO aspect or uh, interdimensional aspect involved in it. So I don't know if we're necessarily dealing with the same type of animal that has these a variety of attributes or we're dealing with different types of animals that fall under that just that general umbrella of the name Bigfoot. Do you think they're intelligent? Oh, extremely. Like yes, I think they're very intelligent. Yeah, I think they're very conscious of, of the world around them. I think they're very conscious of human beings and how dangerous we are. And that's why they avoid us at all costs. And the chance encounters that happen are just that, chance encounters. They're accidental. People being in the right place at the right time and the creature being in the wrong place at the right time. <laughs> and I, 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 that's Good. what I honestly think. I mean, yeah, I think that's what's happening. But I think they're intelligent enough that they've avoided capture and being killed by people for a long, long time, at least that we're aware of. They've been uh, avoiding us for a long, long time and will continue to do so. Yeah, I will say I did interview a gentleman who was out in the Northern California area and came on a riverbed. This is in the Trinity area, I think. At any rate, he had a UFO appear, or I'm sorry, a Bigfoot appear in front of him um, just out of thin air. And he, it started communicating with him telepathically. This is one of more of those psychic Sasquatch reports. And uh, then his female Sasquatch appeared in the, and their child, and then they disappeared. And mm -hmm. uh, so I wonder if some of these are, you know, what we would think of as sentient interdimensional or evolved to the point where they can do interdimensional kinds of things. Right. Uh, and some are just your average, you know, primate wandering around the wilderness and is super aware, just as you know, many animals are. But yeah, I got involved in Bigfoot, kind of kicking and screaming, <laughs> <laughs> uh, because I was afraid it might be real. And of course, sure enough, it was. And uh, the evidence was absolutely overwhelming. People who don't believe in Bigfoot have not done their homework. Yeah. It's absolutely real, and the variety is mind blowing. And Going back a little bit to the whole interdimensional aspect, people often ask me, you know, do you think ETs might be interdimensional? And my answer is, well, yes. I think probably all entities to some degree have interdimensional aspects. And I'm going to lump humans into this because we do have a soul. I think the evidence for life after death and out-of-body experiences and near-death experiences and ghosts and mediumship and all of that is very persuasive. And there are people, you know, who do have the ability to do things that are very much along interdimensional lines, such as, you know, levitating or disappearing. I'm talking about advanced yogis and things like this, or, you know, saints throughout history. Uh, human levitation has been verified in a laboratory setting. It's appeared in all cultures. It stretches back hundreds of years. There is absolutely an interdimensional aspect so I'm not sure that that provides a whole lot of insight into the origin of these creatures, because ultimately we all have sort of interdimensional aspects to us and our true home is on the other side. I don't know. There's this field is still pretty new. Uh, we really haven't oh, absolutely. You know, looked into humanoids 
since what the mid 1940s that's when we really started doing scientific research into bigfoot and ets and all these various humanoids well, we're, it's it's still enough room for us to sound crazy to most people. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. So you know, of course, there's you know it, most of what we deal with are enigmas anyway. So um, uh, that brings up a question here uh, from Nancy Malcolm: uh, How many of today's cryptids have ties to mythology and and ancient tales? Uh, Anna, you want to handle that? Well, you know, when you look at the history of some of these creatures, the elementals, the fairies, uh, all those things, they are universal. Uh, these creatures are seen all over parts of the globe, in Asia, in the Middle East, uh, obviously, you know, in, in parts of Ireland, Scotland, uh, most of Europe. Uh, I'm not going to name every single one of them, but every culture has a gnome. Every culture mm. has an elf. Uh, you know, we, we talk about something that comes out of, um, I'm trying to remember what they're called now. Uh, there's a gentleman who passed away whose name evades me right now, but he visited mounds in Ireland. Anybody remember who that is? Uh, Philip Imbrogno. Trying to remember the uh, title of the book. But he talks about these mounds and how they're inhabited by these creatures uh, whether they be gnomes or protectors of the earth or whatever they are, you don't disturb them. You don't uh, destroy them because somehow something happens, something negative happens when you do. Uh, so those kinds of things have been with us for a very long time. Uh, I don't know that they're flesh and blood at all. However, they are, you know, as they are guardians of the earth or guardians of what used to be paradise. Uh, so they are definitely interdimensional to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, if you're talking about cryptids like, you know, Eric's specialty here with Bigfoot, I think Bigfoot preceded us. I mean, it, it's just so obvious in his makeup, uh, in his ability to perceive and to communicate um, that these are creatures that are have been here for centuries way before us. Uh, we've got another interesting question here um, why, from Andrew Boyle. Why does our government hide the existence of humanoids? And I guess you could put cryptids in that as well. Uh, any of you want to handle that? I could speak for the cryptid side of things, in my opinion, <laughs> sure. as to why the government hides the existence is monetary. I think, you know, if... It did come to light that Bigfoot was real and mm -hmm. not to just the knowers, but the general public. They're going to have to set aside large swaths of land as habitat and preservations for these animals. And that might also influence uh, recre outdoor recreation. If people know that there's a creature in that area, they may avoid going camping, hunting, hiking, fishing. Um, the loggers, the logging industry may be affected. If you remember what happened to the, uh, the ivory billed woodpecker, um, and the spotted owl, when they were thought to be endangered species, they stopped people from going into those areas to protect those animals. And if that happens with Bigfoot and they decide it's a, it's a protected species on the endangered species list, that's going to really affect a lot of things monetarily. So I think that's one reason. The other reason is I don't think the general public is quite ready to accept the existence of Bigfoot. A lot of us, there's a lot more getting involved in it, and there's a lot more starting to accept it. But I don't think overall 
if they're ready to. And plus, you also have to throw in the, the religious aspects. There's a lot of people that believe um, humans were created from Adam and Eve. You know, God created humans, and there was no other species like a Bigfoot that's closely related to us. So that might also have implications as well. So as far as cryptids go, I think there's several reasons why the government hasn't uh, acknowledged or released information that these cryptids exist. Yeah, I think it's very similar with ETs and humanoids, too. Ultimately, it's money. It comes down to greed and power and control. And uh, that's been the government policy from day one, covering up this UFO subject. Uh, I think we probably, you know, we're an oil-based economy. If we truly do have these craft, and I think we do, that would very much upset our economy. It would upset religion. I think along with Bigfoot, it's going to upset, you know, mainstream science in a lot of different ways. Uh, I think there's a lot of reasons, but ultimately it comes down to greed, power, and control. But moving back to that prior question about mythology, I would just add here that, uh, you know, the whole angels and demons uh, thing, there's a good portion of the population who feel like the UFO phenomena is demonic. And uh, I looked into that, and I do think there are demonic entities out there. Uh, but I think that's a separate phenomena. And as far as angelic, I think that's probably separate as well. But real quick, I did talk to one lady, a contactee in Maine, who was in contact with the Greys, and they gave her all kinds of information. And they told her flat out, who you thought was angels was us, and that you have misinterpreted it. So there seems to be a little bit of bleed through here and there uh, with how people are interpreting this phenomenon. It's based largely on your belief system. Uh, but I like what Anna said. This is These phenomena precede us. And I think that's why there's a new interesting term that I find quite intriguing called crypto-terrestrials. That perhaps these aren't extraterrestrials as we would think of them, but probably were here before us. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, <laughs> lots of questions still to be answered. But I think the cover-up is ultimately due to greed and power and money and control. So let me ask each and one, each of you this: um, What encounters have you had with with these with humanoids? Have you had any encounters, or you've had any close calls with them? Let me start with Anna. You know, I'm thinking, Lana, actually, uh, I was kind of preparing for that question. And I have to honestly say I have not encountered anything that looked human. I have encountered ghosts. Mm -hmm. I have encountered what people would call a, a demonic entity. Uh, you know, having been born and raised in a neighborhood that was replete with all kinds of, uh, you know, phantoms, no monsters, so to speak. Uh, but, but there was a lot of infestations in neighborhoods and, and houses around me. Uh, but they're not flesh and blood. They're not the variety that you can injure or run after. Uh, I, I would say they take, of course, human form. Mm -hmm. uh, but these are the ones that, you know, are there because their life has been cut short. Some tragedy has happened. Or perhaps someone decided they would play with an Ouija board one day. So uh, that's pretty much the limit and scope of my own personal encounter. How about you, Preston? Uh, to some degree. Uh, you know, I've interviewed a lot of people, and their experiences are far, far more extensive than I have. Mine. Uh, I did see my mother's ghost, so I have had some experiences with ghosts and did do some ghost hunting and experience some phenomena. Uh, 
but that was really the only apparition I've seen. Mm-hmm. As far as UFOs, I've definitely seen UFOs. Can't say full out I've seen aliens, uh, though I think I did have a, one UFO missing time encounter. And there is a possibility that once something was in my bedroom, because I did wake up and thought, you know, and I kind of put this in quotes and I don't often talk about it, but you asked. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I thought I saw something standing next to my bed <laughs> and it's, you know, my heart thumped wildly and it took off like I've never seen anything move, which is certainly mm. something I've heard described from other people. And I do think on some level I am involved with this phenomena. And they started investigating me after I started investigating them. It's certainly within my family. I've had family members who have seen greys or humanoids. So to some degree, and as far as Bigfoot, I will say I did have a Bigfoot encounter as well. Uh, I'm the kind of researcher who's, you know, I'm not satisfied to just read about it or interview. I want to go there and see it myself. Mm -hmm. So when a lady who I interviewed up in Acton, uh, this is in Southern California, she lives along the LA (laughs) National Forest, said she was having Bigfoot encounters. I was straight up there and, you know, interviewing her and looking at the alleged footprints and uh, her roommate saw it, her son saw it, you know, cracked a tree branch she had some pretty good evidence and we drove off into the forest where she thought it was coming from and we brought you know cameras and sound equipment it was dusk when we got there and she's like pointing to this valley she's like i think it lives right in there and we had no sooner really exited the car she was pulling out the equipment and i'm walking up to the edge of this ravine when i heard this thing roar i didn't see anything but you know i lived in an area where I grew up, where there was cougars and coyotes and things like this. And I did not recognize this roar as a bear or a lion or anything like this. I mean, it was a deep, thunderous roar that vibrated in your chest. And she completely freaked out. She's like, come back in the car, because I was running towards it. (laughs) I wanted to see it. And it roared again. And each roar was about 10 seconds long. So I was pretty much convinced it was Bigfoot, but no, I didn't see it. But that is my Bigfoot encounter, and I think it was probably the actual Sasquatch, but I don't mm-hmm. know. So how about you, Eric? I know you've had some close calls. Uh, can you tell us about any encounters you've had? I've never seen a, a, a Sasquatch, Lon, as you know. Yeah. Um, at least nothing I can say was definitively a Sasquatch. I've seen a couple strange things in high beams of my car. Um, I've heard things on countless occasions i've been in the woods over almost 30 years been actively looking in the woods for 27 and i I found the footprints um i've heard things i found tree stackings branch breaks and twists um mutilated animals that weren't killed by a bear or a, a coyote um i've seen the weird ghost lights in the forest on countless occasions now especially in the last 10 years mm-hmm. um i've never seen an alien or anything that might be considered to fall into that category but i've had a lot of uh encounters where i've been like you said very close to something what it is i have no idea um i can only speculate and guess but uh some pretty hair raising close calls over the years yeah, well, you know, 
you know my story. I, I, I have had a Bigfoot encounter and I have had a winged humanoid encounter. So, uh, and I'm, I wasn't necessarily looking for the first one. The second one kind of showed up, but you know, I, I, but you know, it is one interesting, it is interesting that so many people that are involved with the paranormal and cryptids and such have never had a real, what they can call, you know, an encounter or a very close and personal sighting. Uh, and it's just like I, I go back and I talked about Stan. Stan Gordon has all these years he's been involved. He's never saw one. He's never saw a Bigfoot. Uh, wow. it, it's weird. Yeah, yeah. Winged, talking about winged humanoids, that reminds me when I wrote the book UFOs Over New Mexico, I ran into two owl man cases. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which I'm like, wow, you know, this is crazy. And there are many reports of people seeing flying humanoids, mm-hmm. um, not necessarily with wings, but sometimes. And uh, definitely makes me wonder about what is going on here. And there's the those older reports of Springheel Jack, and of course mm-hmm. the moth, the Mothman of Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Uh, whew, there's probably a lot more stuff going on out there. People think of the world as being fully explored. It's not. Um, there's a lot of wilderness areas out there. People are largely clustered in city centers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it doesn't surprise me at all that we still are discovering new species. And uh, well, Lon, you remember the Butler gargoyle? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it took place in Butler, Pennsylvania, back in I want to say the mid twenty what 2015, 2016, something like that, maybe twenty fourteen. A guy driving down the road w- witnessed what he described as an eight-foot-tall, grayish-colored-looking gargoyle with wings tucked in against its back. And uh, it was at night he saw it in his headlights, and it walked across the road and disappeared under uh, a sign uh, on the side of the road and vanished. Yeah, the, you know this um, this whole winged humanoid phenomena, and uh, you know, of course, I had my encounter in '88. But uh, this whole, you know, since our team has been involved with this Chicago, what they call the Chicago Mothman, Chicago Phantom, the Hera Mothman, you know, uh, has really opened my eyes as to what these things are very well could be. Uh, it, it's, it's just nuts. I mean, I, I mean, I feel so fortunate to have been able to get into it into the beginning of this case and continued on with it. But, uh, you know, I just saw somebody post up here, Andrew and gnomes trucking. They mentioned Darien, Wisconsin, which is interesting. We had a, um, we had a winged humanoid sighting there. It, it just flashed in my head when I saw the the, t- the name come up. So, uh, you know, we've been getting these, these winged humanoid sightings in Chicago, but all around as well, uh, within, we're taking cases within the 250 mile radius of Chicago. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I, there's so many things out there. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what, how even describe it. I mean, but I feel I've been fortunate. I mean, I've been very fortunate with this. Yeah. I've only recently found out about the possible existence of giants on earth mm. uh, which was yeah, quite shocking to me because you know they certainly didn't teach that when i took anthropology in college and uh, i was had a difficult enough time with uh, what they were teaching in college because they kept changing like 
the age of modern humans kept they kept pushing it back more and more and more and now it's become clear after reading forbidden archaeology by michael cremo i'm like wow and you know finding out about sasquatch and you know because there are accounts of people who have allegedly captured sasquatch bodies and you try and trace them and they disappear off into the smithsonian or something uh the mainstream knowledge on this is being suppressed mm-hmm. uh, on all these different things it's really quite unfortunate because uh, there's a lot more going on than i think than people realize yeah there's just so much going on uh and we just had a question from bernadette would black eyed kids be considered humanoid yeah i guess it would be uh i mean they're basically humans i suppose i don't know what your theories are my theories are that they're possessed humans uh now what are they possessed by extraterrestrial that's my guess but i really don't know uh i don't think they're ets or i don't think they're non-terrestrial beings i think there there may be some type of possession involved there and i think in in some cases that that, that same type of theory may be involved as well theory may be um yeah I, i've never gotten any reports of black-eyed children yeah personally but also just moving along to a slightly different tangent there which with among ets there's so-called robotic uh creatures reported and they're often humanoid mm-hmm. which is like strange to me i'm like really <laughs> robotic humanoids and they have you know eyes or you know two arms and uh, legs if you're going to design a robot is that really the best design but <laughs> Um, okay, there are many cases of what people perceive to be robotic mm-hmm. humanoids. And some of the greys even, uh, reportedly, according to contactees, are not biological so much. They're biological androids, perhaps, particularly the shorter three-foot-tall greys that are not emotional. So there's a lot, there's a whole spectrum of stuff we're dealing with here. Yeah, we got another question from Anastasia, which is, uh, <laughs> this is something that happened a while back, but it was about the, uh, we had heard about the flying humanoids down in Mexico, which people called, were said were witches. Uh, that was around Monterey. That was, that was, that went on, well, I think it was like 2008 when that occurred. But um, the only person I know of that really looked into that was Ken Gerhardt. And, uh, I don't know what those things were. I mean, it looked to me like it was somebody flying around on some sort of type of contraption. But people were saying down there that they were witches. But, of course, that maybe has to do with the culture. I don't know. Yeah, I saw that on some of those reality shows. I'm like, hmm, I don't know. Yeah. I, I did interview one guy from, I think it was, oh, gosh, Peru, who dealt with a flying humanoid on a platform, mm-hmm. uh, which is a little bit different. Yeah, it's still humanoid. I mean, there are cases from Malaysia involving miniature humanoids. Uh, oh, there's are... a lot of cases in Malaysia, a lot of different things. Uh, the oily man is the one I think of. That's the one that really freaks me out, the orang manek or it, what they call that. But uh, there's a lot of other humanoids at, you know, in that culture as well. Now, is it real? I don't know, but I know it's you know people have sworn have had encounters with these things, and 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 with with uh, Anna Maria. I mean, uh, you're from the Philippines, and you talked about Aswangs and other 
other humanoid beings and winged humanoids from that culture as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that's flavored by um, the particular religion. Uh, there's always an allusion to it being uh, demonic in origin or something to the effect of something to do with being a disembodied entity uh, that they don't know. It, it's folklore. Uh, it, some people claim they have seen it. And, and then you've got that other element. You know, people see things based on preconceived notions, their, their own lens, their own perception, the way they're brought up. So, mm -hmm. I mean, for, for all I know, these things might be manifestations from something outside the planet. They, they could also be uh, ETs. But um, you know, the way they're interpreted, they're evil. They, they do evil things, and that's about it. And, and in Malaysia, I believe, I'm, I'm not that familiar with their culture, but I do know they have a lot of superstitions, uh, and, and they're all based on you know, their, their belief system as well, their religion. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, there, there, now there's another humanoid phenomenon that has been raising his ugly head in recent years. I just wrote a book about it. The, these pale crawlers, these pale humanoids that just seem to be springing up from nowhere. Uh, and it, it's, it's kind of what my thoughts are, are twofold. That is this, well, maybe threefold. I don't know, but are these, um, some type of meme humanoids or some type of uh, manifestation, thought form manifestation of these beings. You know, we've, we've heard about the slender man phenomena where people had realized that or thought they realized that these beings were real, even though it started out as an internet meme or a thought or, you know, and, uh, but then again, we're, we're seeing, photographs and videos of these beings uh are we are we witnessing the nexus of a new species a new human or human like species anybody have any thoughts on that i haven't gotten any reports of those but it reminds me of the sudden well Lon, the, i uh, wanted to begin to let you yeah Go ahead. Go ahead, Anna. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I, yeah. I, what I was going to say was, I think you're on the right track with the thought forms. Uh, one of the things that I've noticed is that people yeah. tend to jump in in the bandwagon. Like in the case of Slender Man, it started with one kid propagating, uh, you know, this uh, creepy pasta figure. Mm -hmm. And then the next thing you know, it takes on energy. And, and the key element here is that, you know, our, our minds are extremely powerful. And it, when one or two people get together and they start creating some type of a myth, it, it takes hold. Mm -hmm. And the ne next thing you know, you've got hundreds, then thousands of people that are perpetuating a myth. It takes a power of its own. And then suddenly you've got sightings. 
evidence, whether they're real or not, I don't know. I mean, you have to have collaborative evidence. You have to have a group of people saying all at the same time without, you know, knowing each other, being related to each other, that it exists. Uh, in the case of Sanderman, he, he, he doesn't exist. Uh, he's merely a thought form. Yeah. And I think the, the pale humanoid you're talking about might actually be just a manifestation of people creating another myth, uh, maybe a, a, as a way of trying to avoid real issues in the world right now. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Preston, what were you saying again? Sorry, Sorry Preston, you were going to add. <laughs> no worries. Yeah, I mean, it reminds me of the tulpas of ancient India, where mm -hmm. people can create entities. But it also reminds me of, you know, so the sudden influx of the uh, chupacabra, mm -hmm. which seemed to be a unique and new phenomenon that we hadn't heard before. And now suddenly here is a flood of reports sweeping I think starting in Puerto Rico, was it, or South America, and swept into the United States at one point. Uh, and I'm not talking about the dog, mm -hmm. you know, like creature that is portrayed in some of the reality shows, but, mm -hmm. you know, more like you're portraying here. Um, look very much like that, according to the eyewitness accounts. And I wonder about it. <laughs> like, where did this come from? Is this a new species? Could this be something that was released by ETs? I don't see any evidence of that it's not connected to the ufo phenomena directly in any way uh, could it be a government genetic stuff mm, not so sure of that either uh so i don't know where these guys are coming from but it seems hard for me to believe that they remained hidden and then suddenly appeared and we're getting so many reports and they kind of faded away uh, uh, i don't know if we're still getting the classic chupacabra reports or not but it just goes to speak to what you're talking about the appearance of new types of entities that we haven't seen before yeah we we are getting a lot of these these new humanoid sightings and, and eric i think and can uh expand on that because pennsylvania seems to be getting hot too for these these uh pale humanoid settings i mean i talked to um to stan not long ago and he mentioned a few of them uh what do you say eric they've been popping up your way I haven't received any personally, but uh, as you mentioned, Stan has, and he shares that information with me. And uh -huh. there's been uh, several reports over the last few years of people seeing these pale-skinned entities, and they're not like your typical Bigfoot or Dogman or any of the other um, extraterrestrial life forms that we discussed here tonight. These are different, and they very well might be the Talpa thought form creatures because there's really not a long history of these types of things unless you look at the rake and, and that's been around for a few years at least coming forward into the mainstream populace the last couple of years but yeah it's, it's starting to increase in the number of sightings um there's been some pretty credible eyewitnesses um i recall uh if i'm not mistaken a law enforcement officer had one cross the road in front of his vehicle that what was formless he could see an outline of something, but then eventually turned into this white, scaly-looking thing that disappeared into a field, and uh, that was probably within the last few years. But there's been there were more and more reports popping up. What these things are, I have no idea. Yeah, I mean, I wrote a book about it. And I have no idea what they really are. I mean, you know, I put it out there for 
consumption and maybe folks can come up with their own conclusion, but um, it, it is a bizarre phenomena. Um, you know, we had a question earlier that from Vincent about humanoids interacting with each other. Do you have any cases or any uh, investigations or even reports of human, I mean, of humanoid interaction? Uh, definitely that turns it, up quite a bit in, in the uh, UFO field. Uh, we see greys interacting with mantids, interacting with humans quite a bit. Uh, so I'm going to say a big yes with that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, beyond that, it's hard to say. Well, you know, of course, we we see a lot of it, you know, just like with Bigfoot and other cryptids, we see a lot of association with other phenomena, uh, UFOs, orbs, such, and, uh, you know. But as far as humanoids, yeah, like like you just said, that, that does pop up every once in a while. Uh, as far as some of the newer types of humanoids that we were talking about, the pale humanoids, I... I'll be honest with you, and that's an interesting question that he brought up. I don't really remember there being more than one of these sightings. I mean, like I say, a a pair. I don't even think I know. I I know of one case where up in in Ontario on a farm where this individual said they saw multiple pale humanoid beings. But from what I believe, I believe he may have seen the same one several times. So I don't know. But, uh, yeah, that, it does seem to be a singular type phenomena. So I don't know. Anybody else have any idea on that? I guess I'm curious if anyone has ever tried to get footprints or photographs or I mean, is there any kind of illustration of what they look like? I mean, I haven't seen your book, Lon, but I'm just curious if there's any kind of evidence. Yeah, there have been some videos and there have been some some photographs taken that I believe are legit. I mean, of course, there's been a lot of CGI stuff out there. But uh, there was a a video from, um, from Poland of one of these things making noise out in the woods. And the guy went out there and and farmer went out there and actually videotaped this thing. Uh, Pretty compelling evidence. Um, He had had, he had had encounters on his farm. Uh, He had, he had kind of a partial photograph of one in a barn, but uh, that's probably the best one that I've seen. Now, of course, you know, they're, all of this is relative. I mean, you know, you know, just like in Bigfoot and and Dogman and Upright Canines, um, you know, photographic evidence is it has a lot to be desired. I mean, I, I, I guess it's not like you get the Patterson Gimlet film out there every day. I mean, you get uh, you get some representations. Most of them are pretty blurry. I don't like to rely on photographic evidence, so I will post some some decent photographs who I think have some some uh, possibilities of being real. I'll do that on the blog occasionally, but uh, I don't like to rely on that. But can I yeah. can I pose a question to uh, 
to Preston and Anna and yourself, Lon. Mm -hmm. I want to get your thoughts on the Night Stalker videos that have come out in the last uh, decade or so from California and some other places across the country that that were taken on the security cameras that appear to show some kind of upright walking Walking thing. Right. That looks like walking pants. Exactly. And several people have thrown out their opinions on those. Do you think those fall into the category of hominids or or humanoids or anything along those lines? You know, I I wrote a little bit about it in my book. Um, This that has been seen in in more than one place as well. It's been it, it was actually seen in a park where there were several of these beings. There was another capture in somebody's yard. But they were all around the uh, the Fresno, Central California area, from what I could. I, I don't think I've ever seen one from anywhere else. Now, there have been some, I've seen sketches of similar type things, beings, that people have described from other places. I don't know if they're the same thing. What do I think they are? I don't know. If I had, there's a perfect example of what people have been seeing. I I would say, I don't know. I would say maybe ultra terrestrial, possibly extraterrestrial. Uh, They don't seem to be indigenous. They don't seem to stick around. That there's the photo, one of the screen captures from uh, from Poland of this thing. But anyway. It's up there on on the screen now, but uh, I, I were th- I had three of them in the book that were, were the better screen captures. But uh, as far as these night crawlers, I don't know. I, I'm interested to think what see what Preston and, and Anna think about them. Uh, well, I've certainly seen the videos of them, and uh, I think it's probably legit. I think there's some evidence that. This has been going on for a while. Wasn't there some Native Americans talking about this, having stories going, reaching back quite some time? I don't know. <laughs> I think this is a good example of perhaps an entity that's not your standard humanoid. These are weird beyond categorization. I really have no idea what to think of these things. They, yeah. I mean, I, I'm stumped by this one because they're just, their movement. <laughs> Is very slow and just kind of meandering along, but on methodical the other hand, robotic type movement. I mean, that's what I consider it being. Yeah, but I mean, it it's just like a pair of pants out there walking around. It's weird. Doesn't look like it's you know, some cool. natural phenomena, though. Um, yeah. It looks like there's it's something, but I yeah. can't imagine what it is. I really, I don't know. Those are weird beyond weird. So there are videos of this. Is that what you're saying, Lon, where where they're actually seen moving? Yeah, there are. Yeah. So uh, I'm just going to throw this out because the the first thing I thought of here, um, if you gentlemen remember the Elisa Lamb case Mm -hmm. where the young lady flew in from, I believe she was from Canada. She ended up in a hotel that was infamous in California, somewhere in Hollywood, uh, there was a footage of her uh, going into an elevator 
and mm -hmm. it looked like she was ducking away from something. And from from the edge of the elevator, if you go back, I, I think the footage is still on YouTube somewhere. Uh, yeah, you okay. will see. A, a, yeah, there's a form just outside the elevator. And, and that's what that reminds me of, that uh, that picture you just showed. Hmm. I'm not saying that's what it was that she was fleeing yeah. from, but it, it that was the first thing I thought. I could do a whole show on that Elisa Lamb thing. Uh, that that's a nutty case. Um, of course, I mean, in a nutshell, it's, this woman was, was disappeared and. Her body was later found in a water water tank above above the hotel, and I forget the name of the hotel, but I know it's an infamous hotel for a the lot Cecil of Cecil Hotel. Night. What's that? The Cecil Hotel. Yeah, the Cecil Hotel. Right. Yeah, it's actually mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. the area of Skid Row in, in L.A. Yeah. Interesting. Anybody have anything else to add? Uh, well, I, I let's okay. Well, I, I guess what we can do is uh, go around the go around the table here and uh, have each one of you tell us what you have going on and how they can contact people can contact you. Uh, tell us about your books and uh, or whatever else or any appearances you have. Uh, Preston, we'll start with you. Uh, yeah, thanks, Lon. Thanks for having me on the show. I was sorry that Albert. Rosales couldn't make it. I was really interested in talking to him because I love his work on his multi-volume set, Humanoids Amongst Us. Uh, but yeah, I've just put out my latest book. It's called Symmetry, A True UFO Adventure. I'm super excited about it. It's the true story of a woman who's had fully conscious encounters since age 14. Definitely not your average UFO encounter story. And uh, I can... Uh, you can contact me through my website. Just punch in my name on the internet. It should take you there. Uh, my books are available on Amazon. I'm also on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. I think these are important subjects. Uh, I think it's time for people to wake up and realize we're not alone. We share this planet with numerous other species, some of which may be very intelligent. So I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about this. Thanks very much. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, Anna, can you, do you have anything you want to say? Yeah, sure. Um, I've got two books out there on Amazon. One has been out there since 2016 and just went into its second edition uh, last year called Portal, Lifetime of Paranormal Experiences. I think. Oops. Man, her connection has been bad. That's unfortunate. Okay. Uh, Eric, tell us, tell us what's going on with Eric Altman. And tell us when you're going to finally write that first book. <laughs> I'm, I'm spending too much time in the field. I'm, I'm out in the woods every weekend. Um, this week I've been out three times so far and uh, checking out active areas and historical areas for activity and, and sightings. I'm always on the go as far as field research goes. So my schedule's so busy and, and I'm organizing events and I'm lecturing at events and, uh, I've got several events coming up in, in the year across the state and into uh, 
Maryland, some other states. I'll be lecturing um, on the subject of the Chestnut Ridge in southwestern Pennsylvania and all the uh, mysterious phenomenon that goes on here, the cryptid phenomenon, the UFO phenomenon, the haunted locations, all the strange things that go on in the Chestnut Ridge. I'm currently filming with Seth Breedlove, uh, uh, Small Town Monsters. He's doing. He's going to be releasing uh, an eight-episode miniseries on the Ridge, and we're filming with him. So I've got that going on. Plus, as I mentioned, I got several events coming up here in 2022, and a big event coming in 2023 that I'm working on. So I, I have no time to sit down and write a book, unfortunately. One of these days, I'll get around to it because well, you know I, I, I tell I ask Sean the same thing all the time. Uh, you, between you and Sean, I, I've known you guys for over a decade now, and you keep talking about a book, but you, you never quite get pulled. I mean, uh, pull the trigger on it. So uh, maybe one day we'll get something out of you. Yeah, maybe one day. Um, <laughs> I, I have enough information over the past twenty-seven years to put several books together and get them published. Right. But I just I don't have. I guess you, I don't know what the term is. Um, I'm, I'm not, I don't have the, the patience or the tolerance to sit down and maybe it's ADD or ADHD. I don't know, but I, I don't have that patience to sit down and actually write. Uh, I'm, I'm more at home in the field doing the yeah. actual field work and, and chasing these hairy hominids around. Well, I can appreciate that. So Anna, once again, you get another, pl- another plug at this. Uh, tell us about your book and uh, how you can be yeah. found. Okay, let, before I get yeah, before I get cut off, I do have a third book coming up. Uh, it's going to be released early summer. It's called Haunted Heirlooms, uh, and it's about four antique dealers I got to know through the years, and the haunted objects that came across their way that they had to deal with. So that's coming out that's in amazing. early, uh, late spring, early summer. We do have a website uh, www.storyartisan.wordpress.com. People can also connect with me on Facebook, and I have a storytelling podcast. It's called The Sinister Archives. Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, well, folks, I appreciate you all taking time to come on here tonight, and uh, I hope you enjoyed it, and we definitely enjoyed having you. So you all take care and have a great weekend. Thanks very much. So if you have an unexplained encounter or sighting, feel free to contact me directly at lawnstricker at famsandmonsters.com or through the Fams and Monsters blog site. Also, if you would like your encounter or sighting read on the show, please, please forward your email to me. Uh, we're going to be developing a, a segment or show uh, where I do read encounter reports that I receive. Uh, so you can look forward to that in our near future. Uh, I also want to thank Preston and Anna and, and Eric for coming on tonight. Uh, it, it was great to have them on here, and we're glad we could put this together for you. And thanks to each and all of you for watching and chatting. Now, if you made a Super Chat donation, it's truly appreciated your support is what makes all this possible. Please click the subscribe button and also become a member of Phantoms of Monsters Radio. My new book, The Meme Humanoids, Modern Myths or Real Monsters is now available on Amazon.com. And I believe uh, Vincent may have given two of those out this evening. So um, when you do get it, I hope you enjoy it. So next week, uh, we will, and I, I didn't get a chance to write this down, but we will have Morgan Knudsen on with us. She has a new book out, uh, 
that she also had published at Beyond the Free Publishing. And uh, we'll be discussing that. And it should be a very interesting and uh, entertaining discussion as well. So make sure to join us for that. So until next week, stay healthy and have a safe and enjoyable weekend. Good night.